Hey, welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how you can gain confidence when just starting out in your photography. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast, a weekly podcast for those who believe that moments matter most and that a beautiful photo is more than just a sum of its settings. A show for those who want to do more with the gear they have to take better photos today. And now, your host, Raymond Hatfield. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Raymond Hatfield, and I'm excited to be hanging out with you, all of my photo friends right now. And today we're talking about something that I know has probably been on your mind at some point. I know that it's been on my mind several, several times before, uh, much earlier in my photography. And it might even surprise you that even still to this day, I deal with this, but it is how to gain confidence when shooting, essentially. Photography is, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you've heard me say that photography is is a service. It is a service and it is not a product. So when you are faced with a situation where you have to perform something for somebody and do it, you know, with a smile on your face and provide good customer service, it can be it can be kind of scary. You know, this is if if uh, I I stumbled upon something quite a while ago, uh, but it's very relevant to this. It's called the Dunning Kruger effect, and what the Dunning Kruger effect is. Well, let me pull it up on Wikipedia because I thought that it was extremely enlightening. Here, the Dunning Kruger effect states that people with a low ability at a task overestimate their ability to perform that task. So imagine that you're looking at a, um, a a chart here. There's an x-axis on the bottom. There's a y-axis that goes up. The x-axis is your confidence, and the y-axis is your um, actual knowledge of that uh, that that skill. So in this case, photography, right? So when we're just getting started in photography, we think like, oh, I've been shooting, you know, point and shoots all my life. Uh, I know how to take a really good photo on my phone. Um, I can do this. Like I've seen some great photos. I've taken some great photos and therefore photography has got to be something that, you know, it's not rocket scientists. It's not rocket science. Like I can do this. And that is when, you know, for one reason or another, whether it be the birth of your children or uh, you have a trip coming up, you decide like that's the catalyst for you to buy a, a camera. So you buy that camera, you go out, <laughs> and then you get the camera and you think to yourself, like, I am great. This is awesome. I know exactly what I'm doing. And then you start taking those first few photos and you realize, oh, no, I I know nothing. I know nothing about this. And that's because as time goes on, your competency, essentially, uh, goes down because you realize everything that you don't know about uh, photography in this case. So in those situations, it can be hard to to gain confidence in your abilities. I'll give you an example. This isn't specifically uh, photography related. I'm sure that I could come up with one, but just thinking about this off the top of my head, when I was in film school, uh, we were doing, I was uh, shooting a thesis for another classmate and one of the actors, because I was, uh, I was one of only, I think it was three cinematography majors. So there really wasn't a lot of us going around. 
And um, one of the actors said, hey, you know, do you shoot on weekends? You know, I got this project coming up. And I thought to myself, like, yes, absolutely. I have to shoot this. Whatever it is, I'm definitely going to shoot this. And he proceeds to tell me that it is uh, takes place in a house. It's like a domestic um, violence type thing. It's supposed to be empowering, but uh, obviously it it involves, you know, a domestic disturbance inside of the house uh, that needs to be captured from, like, the point of view of the wife, I believe it was. So I was like, oh, yeah, easy. Oh, yeah, of course I can do this. Of course. You know, POV, you want to get a nice wide lens, you get real close to something, looks uh, like a point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I can do this for sure. <laughs> and then I just realized I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't truly get the scope of what exactly we were shooting. So when I show up that day to this dude's apartment, it is a tiny apartment and there is one window and it is in a back bedroom and I didn't bring any lights because, you know, what kind of an apartment doesn't have windows, I thought. So right away I realized, oh no, I'm I'm not prepared for this. Uh, the lens that I bought brought was also, it was a wide angle lens, but its maximum aperture was f5.6. So it was a really slow lens. It needed a lot of light. So I was really counting on bringing those lights into the uh uh, br having the uh, windows provide enough light into the scene and long story short, I never heard from that guy ever again. I handed him the tape at the end of the day and I was like, yeah, let me know how it goes. Let me yeah, never heard from him again. And I think that he knew that I was not prepared for this and that I definitely bit off something larger than what I could chew, I guess, if that's the term for, well, that didn't turn out terrible. It was kind of a bruise to my ego, of course, because I thought, you know, I'm really good at cinematography. I know all this stuff. I got the angles down. I got, you know, lighting. We're good. Like, I fully understand it, aperture, all that stuff. I get it. And then I showed up into a situation, totally bombed it, and felt leaving really, really bad about my uh, technical abilities as a uh, cinematographer. Now, one thing that I want you to learn from this is that, again... So that situation didn't end out end up terribly bad for me. It wasn't high stakes. It was kind of a favor that I was doing, I guess you could say. I was hoping to get my foot in the door. Um, so again, low stakes. But when you have something like a family who who reaches out to you and they're like, hey, we would love for you to photograph us. We've seen some of your photos, whether it be of, of your own kids or animals or nature, and we love them, and we want you to do the same for us. That is where things start to get a little bit tricky. And even though you've done photography before and you've you you've taken photos, now is the time where you're you realize, oh wait, maybe I don't know as much as I think that I know. Because all these questions start popping into your head. How many photos am I supposed to deliver? What type of poses do I do? Uh, you know, what website do I use to deliver photos? Shout out to CloudSpot. Uh, which is what I use to deliver my photos. But all point is, all these things pop into your head and you immediately realize, I really don't know as much as I thought that I did. And once again, that will give you a, a, a bruise to your confidence. And when it comes to shooting, as I said earlier, it is a service and not a product. And when you are feeling down about it, imagine if you went to go... Um, uh, I don't know, get a, a massage and the massage therapist just had a terrible day <laughs> and they're kind of sad and they're like crying a little bit while they're, you know, rubbing your shoulders. 
even if it's a really good massage, it still feels awkward. And that's not what you want to deliver to your clients. I'm not even going to bring up the topic of pricing because that is a whole nother episode right there as far as, you know, uh, confidence and figuring out where it is that you want to go. But when it comes to, you know, delivering the best that you can, I think it really comes down to three things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That was a really roundabout way of getting to this point. But it comes down to preparation, planning, and practice. So these are all the things that we are going to talk about today so that you can gain that confidence that you want, that you need uh, to show up to your next shoot and just rock it. And I want you to know that confidence is not the same as knowing everything. You can have a lot of confidence in something and not know anything. That's that's where the start of this Dunning-Kruger effect goes. So don't feel like at the end of this episode that you are going to know everything about photography or that uh, and that's how you gain confidence because it's not. And also don't feel as if as long as you have enough confidence, everything else is going to work itself out because as you heard from my example, it's not. So let's go ahead and get on into uh, these three, three things, right? Preparation, planning, and practice. So here's another example for you. I just want you to think about it like this, just to give you hope so that you can keep your eye on the prize for the end of this episode. And that is if um, I'm not sure how long you've worked at your job or if you work at a job, um, but we've all been in a situation. Okay, I take that back. We're not going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about school, right? I remember... Every single first day of school I've ever had, I was so nervous. I didn't know who was going to be there. In high school, I decided not to go the same path as literally all of my friends from middle school. And I went to a different high school. And I was just so, so nervous before uh, I started school. The first day of school, sweating bullets, the whole first week of school. Oh, my gosh. It is always rough, no matter you know, how long I've been there or what, but, or, you know, how long I've been in that school or whatever. But at the end of that school year, you're walking into class late. You're, you know, you have a drink in your hand. You're not supposed to drink anything in class. You know, you're calling the teacher by their first name because you feel comfortable. You feel confident in the things that you can and can't do in that environment. And a year, a school year even, is, is a relatively short period of time. Now, granted, we, you know, we do it every day. We go to school, you know, five days a week or maybe four days a week if you're like me uh, and just didn't want to go to certain classes. And um, by the end of the school year, you're feeling much more confident about yourself. And I'm here to tell you that photography is exactly the same. Now you can kind of see where I was going with that job example. You know, first day of a new job, you're like, ugh, there's so many new people. I don't know what's going on. What are their standards here? What am I supposed to be doing? What if I fail? And, you know, a year into it, you're like training people. You're like, this is easy. Here, let's go. Like, let's make this happen. You gain that confidence over time. And photography is going to be exactly the same for you. Now, the hard part is there's no timeline for this. I can't say you've been shooting for nine months and 13 days. You're confident enough to, you know, shoot X, Y, or Z. I can't say you've been shooting for 13 years. You know, you're, you're good to go. Because there are photographers like uh, Vivian Meyer. I believe that's her last name. Vivian Marr, perhaps. 
Uh, and if you don't know who she is, uh, she was a street photographer. She was actually a nanny. She, so she took care of children. And uh, in New York, I believe it was, maybe it was New Jersey. Don't quote me on that. Uh, whenever she would go out with the kids, she would bring her camera and she would take photos. And she, it wasn't until, you know, I believe very close to her passing that her photos were um, uncovered, right? And, and shown off to the whole world. And everybody just realized, wow, like we had an artist living among us, like truly incredible photos. But you listen to her friends because there was a documentary made about her. You listen to her friends. You listen to the the people who – the children who she was nannying. They never saw any of her photographs. And they said that it came down to she was just really shy and she lacked the confidence in sharing them for fear of like what other people might say. And I mean look at what happened. Fantastic things happened with her photographs. And unfortunately, it wasn't until the end of her life that, you know, they were discovered. She didn't get to uh, see any of that. So confidence can really, really hold you back, you know. And where was it going with that? Oh, right. So you could be shooting for 13, 15, 20, 40 years. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the confidence to go out and shoot whatever it is that you want. So this is why we got to work on these things. Again, let's go ahead and get on into this. The three things that we need to worry about to gain that confidence is preparation, planning, and practice. So let's talk about the prep work. Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. Let me preface this by saying I'm not a doctor. I uh, don't give out any medical advice. Don't take any medical advice from me. But I have seen a lot of medical shows with my wife. And it seems like whenever there is some sort of life-threatening surgery or, or illness and they need to do surgery, um, there's a lot of time spent in the operating room getting everything ready. From the 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 tools, and you know everybody's got to wash up. Of course, the anesthesiologist has got to come in and like do some calculations. And uh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of moving parts, and everybody needs to be on their A game. And they have to be like, again, not sure if this is true or not, but it seems like with how sterile an operating room needs to be, everything has to be in that room ready to go before the an operation starts now if there's any doctors listening to this podcast please and i'm wrong please tell me but it makes sense because you don't want to get in and say oh my gosh we i I had no idea that this could even be a thing here uh and i don't have the right tools for it so let's go ahead and sew them back up and we'll go ahead and attack this um later maybe a month from now right you're gonna 
hope or you're going to plan for every possibility so that you can have all the tools ready. You're going to know what those tools do so that in the event that you're faced with a certain type of situation, you will be able to get the job done and you will be able to succeed. And that is what we need to do with our camera gear in the form of knowing our gear. That's it. Knowing your gear is one of the most important things that you can do as a photographer, right? Can you imagine a carpenter not knowing how to use a hammer? Like, it'd be a long day trying to hit, you know, a uh, a nail with a screwdriver or a, you know, a, a level, you know, something like that. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Knowing your gear is so important to being able to grow your skills. So when it comes to photography, one thing that I love to do is just focusing on one area of growth. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, or you read the the title and you thought to yourself, oh my God, I definitely need more confidence while I'm out shooting. There's a good chance that from that uh, Dunning-Kruger graph, you're past the, the phase of, oh, I'm the best. I know exactly what I'm doing here. But you have now started to, to, to come down the, uh, you know, the, the slide, I guess, and realize, oh, man, I do not know anywhere near as much as I thought that I did. So that means that we need to, first and foremost, practice more. Once you realize, oh, I really don't know as much as I thought that I did, you realize there is an entire world of photography gear and exercises and tutorials and all these things that can be done. All of them. You know, different lenses, zooms, primes, aperture, uh, you know, bags, neutral density filters, all filters, uh, editing, Lightroom, Capture One, you know, Photoshop. What's the difference between Lightroom and Photoshop? So many questions. And you realize, I truly know nothing. I truly, truly know nothing. So one of my favorite things to do, um, and I think is one of the most effective ways to getting started in photography, is by simply focusing on one area at a time. And unfortunately, I cannot tell you what that area is going to be because, you know, you may have started photography last week and you think that you're the best and that you know it all. And to you, I don't know why you're listening to this. You should be going out and you should be shooting more. Or you're down the path and you've been doing it for a few years and, you know, maybe you're struggling with um, just certain types of edits. You know, maybe it's skin tones. I don't know. But knowing your gear is something that you're going to have to figure out, where do I feel like I'm not 100% confident in my photography right now? And how can I improve that? How can I work on that? So the let me preface this by saying there will always be something that you don't know about photography, but that doesn't mean just to start off at anything, right? I would say that if you're, you know, within the first year or two in photography, the most important things that you should be doing right now is learning how to use your camera. And what do I mean by how to use your camera? I get it. There's an on-off switch. There's a shutter button. What really more do you need to uh, to know? I would suggest learning manual as fast as humanly possible. Now, I did not do this. I believe that when I started in photography, I just got started in Aperture Priority. And Aperture Priority worked fine. It worked great. You know, you're still able to get good photos. And honestly, maybe if you're just a hobbyist and you just, you know, enjoy going out and you know, getting higher quality versions of something that you would have just normally 
photographed with a cell phone, maybe aperture priority is right for you. But if you really want to take control of the photos that you want to take, right, you see an image in your head and you want to be able to capture that, you want to leave as little up to the camera as possible. You want to take control of your own destiny, for lack of a better term, and capture it yourself. And the only way to do that is through shooting in manual. Now, if you don't know, manual is taking full control of your camera's uh, shutter speed, ISO, and your, uh, your camera lens's aperture. When you control those three things, you have full control over how much light enters into your camera and how much light falls upon your sensor to expose your image. So uh, if you haven't, if you know, if you're not familiar with that, I believe the first episodes four, five, and six of the podcast, like right in the beginning, maybe it's three, four, and five, um, were all about that, what's called the exposure triangle. So if you get a chance or if you want to learn more about that, do that. Go back to the beginning, listen to those episodes. I still get emails to this day, five, six years later, from people saying, I listened to that truly transformed my understanding of how a camera works. So go ahead and start there. Because again, once you know what your settings actually do on your camera, and even though there's a million buttons, a million settings, those three are the only ones that you need to know to get started. And it's the only three settings that have been used to capture every photo ever. I'm serious, ever. There's no new fancy technology that is going to change that. It survived through, you know, tin types, types, amber types, film, uh, and even digital because they, they're just basic scientific principles. And those are what you need to know to be able to, uh, to, to excel in photography. So those things, knowing those things uh, to the point to where you feel comfortable showing up in and shooting inside of a house versus being outdoors on a bright and sunny day, you know, being confident in your abilities to be able to capture a properly exposed image image in any of those scenarios, then that will give you the confidence. They'll give you a lot of confidence in your photography and help propel you forward. Another thing is, um, if you go back and listen to recently, I did episode back in March, uh, episode 243 called how to get to know your camera. Again, that's episode 243. So on that uh, episode, I talked about three things. And that is, again, how to get to know your camera. The first thing that I recommend you doing is reading your manual. I cannot tell you how much you will learn about your camera by reading the manual. Seriously, just take an hour or so just to skim through it. That alone will be enough for you to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know this was a thing. Read it, figure out how to do it. It's going to change your um, uh, change your knowledge of your camera. Next thing is to spend just a few hours with your camera shooting. You know, try out all these new things that you are learning. Uh, again, with the, with the sole purpose of trying to find a use case for it, right? So my camera does like in-camera HDR up to nine photos and or, you know, six photos or three photos, whatever it is, and you can bracket it up to nine stops and it'll bring it all together and there's noise. Red- and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's great. But like at a wedding, I'll never use that. Honestly, I'll never use that. So that isn't a priority for me. So when you go through your manual, and I don't know, maybe do this once every other month, you know, your 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 use cases might change over time, especially in the beginning. Um, 
But just spend a few hours shooting. There's nothing better than actually spending time with your camera to gain that confidence on how to learn it. If you're only bringing out your camera when you have a special event, go on a trip, or you know something similar to that, then you're not going to be enjoying those occasions. You're going to be focused on, wait a second, what did I do last time to make my photo look like that? I can't remember. I know that there's all these buttons here, but which one? What? And then you're going to be fumbling with that, and it's not going to be intuitive, and it's really going to – you're going to lose confidence in your abilities to shoot. And then last thing I said was uh, you know, ask yourself why you feel limited. There's going to be times where you feel limited. I still feel this way today. And after every wedding, I, I do a, uh, I forget what it's called, post-action review, something like that. And um, essentially, I ask myself, what went well today? What did not go well today? And I do that both in terms of my interactions with my couple and the photography itself. So what didn't go well today? You know, for my last wedding, it was, geez, we had so many different um, light sources, so many different light sources. It was very difficult to uh, get it right in camera. And I really wanted to get it right in camera because that just speeds up my editing process. Now, of course, at the end of the day, because I shoot in RAW, I was able to, um, you know, fix these images in, in Lightroom and get the get a, a, a decent white balance uh, and skin tones. But that is something that I want to, you know, be better at. You know, maybe I should have found a situation where, I could have used flash more efficiently and then had a consistent light source, you know, but these are the things that I need to ask myself because then that's going to let me know exactly where I should focus my energy rather than, oh, my camera has a cool HDR mode. Let me figure out how to use that, even though I'll never use it in a, in a practical setting, if that makes sense. So that is prep, prep by learning your gear, just figure it out, spend time with your gear as much as possible, even if you just pull out your camera once a day, take a photo of something random, doesn't matter, you're going to get in those reps and you're going to get better. So the next area that we are going to use to grow is to is is through planning, through planning our shot. So we're going to go back to that example. We got asked from a uh, family friend to to capture our or to capture their family and do family photographs, right? You think to yourself, I photographed my kids, I've photographed nature, good, I'm good to go. I don't need, you know, to, to, to learn anything about family photography. And you're dead wrong because you're going to show up and you're going to think to yourself, oh, uh, what, how should I split the family here? Like, what side should they be on? Should they be looking at each other? Should they be looking at me? What should mom do with her hands? It looks weird. Should dad put his hands in his pockets? Thumbs in? Thumbs out? What about the kid? You're going to have so many questions and you're not going to be prepared. So even though that was the last one prepared, this one's all about planning, 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 planning. So what we want to do is envision the photos that we want to take and plan for the variables that we can control, whether you can't control. Where somebody puts their hands, we can control that. Posing is something that we can control. Knowing our cameras well enough to be able to get a creative effect is something that we can control. Um, you know, a, having uh, the mayor of your town photobomb your photos or Tom Hanks or something like that. You can't control that. So don't plan for that. Just 
plan for the things that you can control. So one thing that I did very early on in my photography, uh, in my wedding photography in particular, was that I wasn't very comfortable with posing. And I realized that I could watch a million and two YouTube videos all about posing, but the second that I get in person, I forget it all. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. So in an attempt to get better, I would plan out my sessions. I realized, wait a second, I don't need 47 different poses. I could probably get away with like five and then just kind of change them up by having them look at each other, look at me, um, you know, have him look at her, give her a kiss on the head, you know, just slight changes like that and I can make it work. Okay. So I'm going to write down the five that I really want to work on, five that are a little bit different, five that are um, provide a good variety. And then from there, I can just kind of stretch them out a little bit and just have them interact with each other to get a better photo. Awesome. Um, so on the way to each of my sessions, what I would do is that I would physically say their name. In my car, I would turn off the radio give myself some space to think and I would in my head say all right Jane I want you to get close to to you know to Grant here I want you guys to bring your hips together okay and go ahead just put your arms around each other's back Grant I'll just have you put your hand in your pocket Jane just go ahead and put your hand somewhere on Grant wherever it feels most comfortable to you all right I'll have you guys just start off just look at each other perfect take a photo of that Jane, do you have a hip that you just kind of naturally put your weight on? Like if you're, say, you know, just waiting in line at the movies, like waiting to get in. Do you like rest all your weight on one hip? Perfect. Just go ahead and do that here. Okay. All right. Now get a little bit closer to Grant. Again, look at him. Perfect. Take a photo. I'll have you two look right at me. Snap, snap. Great. All right. Grant, I want you to look at Jane. Perfect. Snap. All right. Now, Jane, I want you to look at Grant. Okay. Snap. Go ahead and kiss for me. Snap. Perfect. There's like seven photos right there within just a few seconds. But saying those things out loud on my way to the shoot means that it's like it's like a muscle memory thing. So now it's not um, it's not I don't have to come up with it on the fly, even though I've watched you know 13 hours worth of tutorials. I don't have to take all of that knowledge in that moment on the spot and create something with it. I can pretty much prepare in a much lower stress situation in the car so that when I get there, I'm much better prepared. And I've already said it with the couple's name so that there's no weirdness of like, oh, uh, why don't – and I feel really embarrassed to say this. I once had a wedding. I, I still don't know the bride's name. I still don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. I felt terrible. So all day I would just say, okay, just go ahead and take your hand and, yeah, put it on, you know – his chest. I'm not going to say his name just in case they're listening. But um, regardless, you want to be able to say their name because that is going to make somebody feel a lot more comfortable with you uh, in front of the camera. Because when you say somebody's name, you have confidence in that. If I were to be like, hey, uh, you know, Jim. Hey, Jim, I need you to do this for me. I'm not going to say that to a complete stranger. You know what I mean? So when you say somebody's name, it instantly builds some com camaraderie. And uh, they will have more trust in you, which you'll be able to see it in your photos. And that's going to build confidence. So again, for planning, what I want you to do is find five or six poses that you like, Pinterest, Facebook, wherever it is. 
And then imagine what you would say to get the couple in that position from just standing apart from each other or the family, you know, whatever it is. What would you say to them and use their names to get them into that spot? You will be amazed how much this will do for your confidence when you're there um, on location and you're actually shooting with them. You're going to be comfortable with their names. It's truly transformed the way that I um, shoot and the amount of confidence that I have while shooting as well. So do that. Do that. Uh, and, And yes, so those are all variables that you can control. Where they stand, how they look, where they place their hands. All those things, you know, control those and then the rest will just fall into place. All right. So that brings us to the last thing here, which is to practice. And I know that uh, I know that it says, you know, to practice and, you know, you can imagine what practicing is. But really, the point, what is the point of practicing? Point of practicing is to get more comfortable with your camera. Okay, we kind of talked about that earlier with with know your gear, with the preparation. But the real, what you want to do when practicing is get photos that are new and that are interesting so that you can get feedback. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. So getting feedback is one of the most important things that you can do with your photography because I'll be honest, a lot of my photos hate them just not a big fan. You know, I see them, I get it. I like them, whatever, but I also hate them. (laughs) And that's because I'm very critical of my photos. You may feel the same way about your photography. You may feel the same way about, you know, other things in life. I don't know. But if that, if that's the case and we hate all of our work, how do we grow? How do we grow? How do we get better? How do we focus on what is working and isn't working? The only way to do that is by asking others. Who are we going to ask? I'll tell you what, I'm not going to ask my wife. I'm not going to ask my mom because they're both going to say, this is beautiful. I love it. You're the best. High fives all around. And then I'm just going to feel great regardless of the actual quality of the images. So therefore, you have to find a place to get honest feedback. And whether that be somebody who you admire, a photography mentor, um, or it's just in a photography Facebook group, I selfishly would recommend the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook community to share your photos and get feedback. Um, 
But that's just because I know that it's a very safe place to be able to share your photos without having to worry about, oh my gosh, like is somebody going to get mad at me because this is my first, you know, week in photography? Are they going to think that I'm stupid? Are they going to, you know, whatever? You're not going to have to worry about any of that. But getting real constructive feedback on how to improve your images is always important. And it's something that even the top pros still um, seek out today. I remember interviewing um, Andy Bernstein on the podcast, a famous uh, sports photographer, basketball. And uh, he is good friends with John Suhu, who is the uh, photographer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they would talk about, you know, they kind of came up together. Um, Andy gave John his first uh, gig with the Dodgers. And still to this day, more than 30 years later, 35 years later, they still send each other photos and get feedback on them together. And I thought, man, if <laughs> here you both are, Andy's at the top of his game in the world of basketball. John is at the top of the world for, you know, being the Dodgers lead photographer for, you know, 30 plus years. And they're still seeking feedback on their images because they constantly want to get better. They know that that's the only way that you can improve upon your work. So if you get constructive criticism, remember, it is not about you, especially if you're just getting started. If you're just getting started in photography, you don't have a voice yet. You don't know what you're trying to say. All that you can do is try with every photo, try and get just a little bit closer. So when you get constructive criticism, realize that it's not about you and it's not about your ability to communicate what you wanted to say. It is about just the effectiveness of the photo from somebody else's perspective. There's times where at a wedding, I think, oh my gosh, this shot is gold. You know, the uncle just spilled a drink and I turned the camera around and the couple, they're laughing. They think it's hilarious. And then I'll show it to my wife and she'd be like, oh, that's a good photo of people laughing. But like, I don't know why. And I think, dang it. Dang it. I should have like, next time I'm going to, you know, get the uncle in the foreground with the, you know, the wet drink or like the wet stain on a shirt with the couple laughing in the background. That is how you get better. That's it. It's the only way. So let's break these down again. All right. Three best ways that I have found to gain confidence in your photography is preparation by knowing your gear, right? Prep your gear. Know it. Know it inside and out. When you're confident with your gear and how it works, you're not going to have to stumble around while shooting. That inspires confidence. Next is to plan. Plan your shoot. As I said, for me, one thing that I love to do is plan out uh, the words that I'm going to say to my couples to get them into the right poses. You may struggle more with uh, certain settings. Start looking at other the works of other photographers. Ask yourself, what was the shutter speed here? If you're doing landscape work, oh, was this a slow shutter speed? Is this a multi-exposure? Was this an HDR right here? Ask yourself those questions so that when you show up and you get into a situation, you you already have a head start on what your settings should be and how you're going to capture that. And lastly, practice as much as you can so that you can get as much feedback as possible. Because feedback is going to tell you everything that you need to know about your own work and, 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 and. If you are being paid to photograph something for somebody, get their feedback. 
uh, man, I'll tell you what, that is the hardest thing to do. And that was so difficult for me to do in the beginning. I thought, yeah, I know that they said that they liked it, but what if I asked them to leave a review and they're like, actually, Raymond, we hate it. This is terrible. Why did we ever hire you? We should have hired somebody who cost half the price, right? All these things, all these insecurities that we have, ask them for feedback. Ultimately, when you're working for a client, your own artistic vision has to take a bit of a backseat to what it is that they need and what it is that they want. So get their feedback. If they say this photo is great, we love it, then fantastic. That will boost your confidence. Nothing will boost your confidence more than that. I promise. But if they say this photo is great, but we really wish that, you know, maybe uh, the, uh, the editing was a little bit lighter. Or uh, maybe it was a little bit of a slower shutter speed because the attention was taken away from the main subject. Oh, okay. I get it now. Okay, cool. So if I want to bring my attention towards the subject, this is something that I do. Okay. Um, and that's it. That's it. That, that is how you do it. Remember, this takes time. This is not something that is going to happen tomorrow. I told you at the beginning of this, you're not going to be a better photographer today because you listened to this episode. What will make you a better photographer today is to do, to do those things that we talked about. To plan, get to know your gear. I'm sorry, to prep, to get to know your gear, to plan how what it is that you're going to shoot and how you're going to shoot, and then to practice and get feedback on your work and then do it all over again. That is the only, only, only way. And remember that you're awesome. The fact that you are listening to this podcast right now tells me that there's enough about photography that you truly want to learn, that you take this seriously. This isn't something that is just a random hobby for you. You want photography to play some role in your life, and you're taking it seriously. And that is awesome. So take that feeling to your next shoot and know that. Own that. Own it. I am taking photography seriously. I'm not just here to snap a couple of snapshots. I really, really want to make the best image that I can. And you'll have all of the confidence in the world. That is it. I hope that this episode helped you today in, in, in realizing something about yourself, in figuring out how you're going to move forward with your photography and what you can do about it to, to be more confident. Because... Photography is its great. It is so much fun. It is wonderful. And when you get just a great shot, nothing feels better in the world. And then to hear others say, wow, this is a really great shot, that is also going to inspire that confidence. More so if you knew how you got that shot. Like if it wasn't an accident. It wasn't, oh, well, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And then I press the button and the camera made all the right decisions. When you know how you capture that photo and you put in the work to capture that shot and freeze that moment in time, you think it's great. Everybody loves it. Nothing better in the world. So just keep at it. Keep practicing. This is a long journey, but you're in it for the long haul, right? So there you go. That is how... You can inspire confidence in your photography. That's it for this week. Until next week, get out. Go shoot. Go practice. Go plan. Go prep. Practice and get some feedback. And until next week, I'll talk to you then. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. 
If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.